And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Oh, Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Yes, sir. I, I don't have a thrilling no? quest. I don't have a thrilling question to open things up with. Um, it's it's sunny. It's beautiful. I wore shorts to work. Otherwise, you know, how you doing? What's new? What's shaking? What's crack a lacking? I mean, it is nice out, but I don't know that it's quite shorts weather. DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. As soon as I know, especially at, like in these first days of spring, once it hits sixty or above, I'm I'm gonna want I'm gonna want my uh, shins exposed to the elements. I mean, I guess so. But like, was it sixty degrees? Because in the fifties now. But yeah, I guess the high says it was sixty-two. So all right, I'll allow it. I know you were hanging on my permission, clearly, to make it feel worried, like I was worried all day. That, yeah, that I, I was know. Gonna... And it's 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 past it's past clear. It's we're we're good now. So right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. How is work? How are those little rapscallions? I know you were talking a little bit about having more work, people moving into the class, and so forth. It's working out okay so far. It looks like it is. You you don't you don't look too stressed, but that might be because you're eating some delectable delight over there. I'm not sure. Three months from today. Wait a second. Hold on. Isn't one month from today your 40th birthday? No. Yesterday. Yeah. All right. Oh no! Wait, that is true. I'm forgetting what day it is. Um. And three months from today, it's you know I'm officially on summer break so it's kind it's kind of hard for me to complain that much how much how long is your summer break it's like two months right about 10 weeks usually depending on okay snow days we get like two and a half months even yeah i can't complain that's it while while teaching is difficult and this group is in particular difficult I don't know another job where I would get paid to not do it for 10 weeks. Yeah, that's pretty much you know, true. And that's part part of that is I get paid for whatever it is, the, you know, the amount of days I work, but I can choose to spread it out over that amount of time, but regardless, uh you know, it's it it's good. The kids are crazy. It's you know, every day, some like it's it's which kid today is going to come in with an entire bag of jelly beans, and my day is spent trying to get him not to eat them. But why? Why not just let him eat the jelly beans? I mean, as one presumes that parental consent was in place. They did bring those jelly beans from home. Oh, no, they were smuggled. They were smuggled. Where does a child of, I'm sorry, the second grade, the third grade? Second, you're correct. Where does a child of the second grade procure jelly beans if not from their parents? 
from the kitchen while their parents were unaware that they were being taken. He goes into the kitchen, grabs the bag, puts it in his backpack and or stuffs it in his sweatshirt and leaves. And when they find out, they go, oops, sorry. Is it? Is it beyond the scope of acceptable in today's society for you to simply take the bag of jelly beans and put them on a high shelf and say you can have these back at the end of the day? Uh, I can. Um, this child is a little uh, could be disruptive. I see. I'm a little oppositional defiant. So he'd be like, I'll put them away. I'll put them away. I'll put them away. And I'm like, OK, then put them away. And then a little later, I love so you're working it. with him and his. Like, maybe that's a good thing that you're trying to yes, invest yes. him into managing on his by, own. By by one o'clock, they were in, they were mine and in somebody else's office. <laughs> and you had to go back and, you know, have a discussion with that person that he also works with about why this was not a good idea. And his, his excuse in the morning was, well, they don't have any good breakfast downstairs. It's and all good like, breakfast downstairs. Uh, he has specific things he wanted, and those weren't available. So. Well, it sounds like he wanted jelly beans. So, and then you know later he was like, "My stomach hurts," and I'm like, "No shit, Sherlock. What do you expect?" We ate a bunch of jelly beans. Yeah. So you know that that's that's what we're doing. You know, and and we're making progress. And that kid, I will say, is better now than he was in a previous year. Okay. But, but three months. Three months. I'm going to enjoy this last month of being in my 30s and then enjoy a couple of months of being in my 40s. And then I'm going to really enjoy 10 weeks of not doing shit. What Sounds about you? like a plan. How goes the oozing? Are you oozing? No, the oozing never really happened, DC. I've been busy enough with work still. That <laughs> What have you been doing? Meetings Besides- with students every day of the week basically because for some reason they still want to talk to me even though i have nothing to do with what's currently happening in the course are you doing these meetings virtually or are you doing them in person both i go to campus tw- at least twice a week sometimes three um and those days i'm in person and then other days i do them virtually and you know there's still a million emails every day that i work through because again, people just keep contacting me about most of my replies are you'll have to talk to Dr. So and so. But I have to actually keep up with all of those, which is just stupid. You haven't written a macro or some sort of algorithm. Chat GPT can't deal with this. No, but I mean, I can copy and paste most of it. But, you know, usually it's it's just specific <laughs> enough that you want to write something, even if it's just a sentence. I mean, it still requires brain power to process the thing that they're asking for and tell them why that's a stupid thing to be asking me. But, you know, in nicer terms, I worked on midterm grades and those went out because that's a thing I'm required to do. And that was an avalanche of emails. And suddenly people want to meet with me midterm. What does that mean? Well, now uh, at the university level, any any 1000 well every any 100 or 200 level course right so you like sort of your introductory level courses that you would expect um first or second year college students to be taking basically are required to upload their midterm grades 
uh, this by by you know mid March or so. Uh, so just the same thing as your final grade in the course. Yeah. It goes into the, the 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 software system where you would go to see your final grades. It's just like final grades, except it's the midterm when, grade. When did this happen? I do not remember. Oh, did it was twenty years ago. It, it, it was not a thing when we were. Yeah, I do not remember no. ever getting midterm grades. Mm-mm. It is now required. Um. And I happen to teach a course at a level where it's required. And I happen to teach a course at a level that a lot of people don't do too well in it. And it happens to be a lot of people who don't do too well in it, who aren't doing too well in it, and who need it because they think they're going to medical school. And so when they see that maybe their grade isn't everything they'd hoped it to be, and I don't know why they're confused about that because they've been getting their grades right along. But somehow they're surprised, DC. When they see that midterm grade and suddenly it's a disaster and suddenly I have to meet with you because we have to find out what I can do about this. And the answer is, well, maybe study. I don't know. And. Yeah. It do, becomes um, do, quite <clears throat> time consuming. I am assuming other professors are also doing this. Absolutely. Anybody teaching a 100 or 200 level course. You have to put comments in. No. So and so does not play well with others. So and so is a delight to have in lecture. I try to stem the tide by, I, you know, we have like our learning management software system online. So, like, I can send out an announcement to everybody. And I try to send things like, like, before I post the midterm grades, I sent out a message literally that said, hey, just so you know, like, this is essentially a worst case scenario midterm grade. Like, it doesn't include dropping anything, it doesn't include extra credit if you're going to earn it. It doesn't include a curve if there's going to be a curve, but like, and also like, you know, it's not just lecture. This course also has a laboratory component and in the laboratory side of things, like there are, you know, like practical assessments that you haven't even, you're going to take those at the end and that's like 20% of your laboratory grade. So like, even if it doesn't like whatever your grade is in laboratory right now, like this is not. If you bomb that practical exam at the end, that's going to substantially change your lab grade. So, like, I don't really feel like the midterm grade is useful, really. And so I try to sort of let them know, hey, this is what it includes. And so, you know, it represents your current performance in the course. But understand, it doesn't include any of these metrics that will ultimately help your grade. And also, you need to be aware of that your lab grade could also significantly change depending on future performance. So like we're only halfway through the semester. We're only halfway through the number of graded assessments you're going to see. There is still a large opportunity to improve or not. I I usually don't mention the not part your grade. Right. So, but then I, but again, it doesn't matter how you try to approach that. Um, Everybody thinks they're special. The avalanche begins, you know. Yeah. But no parents have reached out. Um, not this semester. And is the plan last still- semester? I had a, a helicopter mom, and literally the only thing I would tell her was, "I cannot talk to you, FERPA." And she would write back and be like, "I have the FERPA code," and I was like, "That's great," but as a professor, I have no way of verifying that. So talk to the dean of students. And she was like, but I have the FERPA code. And I was like, that's great. But I have no way of verifying that. You'll need to talk to the dean of students. And she called me on my phone and was like, 
hey, so I have the FERPA code. And I was like, that's great. You'll have to talk to the dean of students because I, as an individual professor, have no ability to verify that. What's the code? I think it's a... I don't even... I never asked her what it was, but I, my understanding is it's some sort of either alphanumeric sequence that the student would provide to someone that they want to be able to talk about their grade. Um, so would this be like a student with disabilities or something? No, it could be any student. If they chose to want to have their parent talk to me, I could say I can't talk to you because you are not the student. The student yeah. is an adult, and so I'm not allowed to talk to you legally. Um, but if the student provides this code to this person, then that's sort of saying, oh, yes, I could talk to you about this. Um, but I have no way of verifying what the code <laughs> is supposed to be. That's not something that is surfaced to me anywhere. Yeah. I just, I'm trying to understand the why. Um, because. Why you would. Because why? these are adults, but they don't act like adults and their parents feel like they have to act like adults on their behalf. So there needs to be a way for the student to approve someone else to speak on their behalf. But this also has to be, so I don't remember this being an option. Yeah, I don't think FERPA was a thing back when we were in school. So in the last 20 years, not only are there now midterm grades in certain college courses, but now also, part of me is like, look. FERPA was passed in 1974. But maybe it's been updated since then, uh, and it's different. Or, or, or maybe it existed, but it was just not something we would ever. Like, I could understand if you had, you know. Some regulations in the act didn't become effective until revisions in 2012. Maybe that's it. Yeah. I could understand if you had, like, a social anxiety disorder and, like, the idea of going and talking to a professor. Um, just so you know, that that wasn't muted, but that's okay. Now you must be on a different microphone because it was. Right oh, here. okay. Um, but you know, I could understand that. Like, like it would literally produce a panic attack for this student to talk to a professor, so they'll have somebody do it for them. That I could understand. But just being a, you know, like I really appreciate that my parents when I went to college, absolutely stopped. They were like, "Don't fail out." The rest of this is, that was it. Yeah. That was it. Especially considering my parents were helicopter parents. And let's face it, with your performance in remedial math, they, they were concerned that you could perhaps actually fail out. So. No. I'm but kidding. I'm kidding. I don't think. Yeah. But no, that, it was just different. Like, I could totally envision a world in which they would have done that. But it's just. Uh, I don't want to spend all of our time week after week talking about how you know the youth of society is just we're old men get off yeah. of our lawns uh oh statler <laughs> uh so so let me ask you this because this has been this is a uh wrestling question that popped up today that's on my brain okay do you want aew to sign bill goldberg no okay Apparently, no. apparently, Goldberg is no longer under contract with the WWE. Um, Tony Khan either tweeted out or said in an interview that he is aware of it and is monitoring the situation. 
which of course makes everybody think, oh, we're going to get Goldberg versus Orange Cassidy. We're going to get Goldberg versus Jungle Boy. So I could understand wanting to sign a big name like that. Yes. But I can't possibly think, even if you put him in there with Wardlow, unless he's going to never win a match, I don't understand. The thing is, it's a catch-22, right? Because as the second largest wrestling company who does not actually compete with the first largest wrestling company, your audience is made up completely of wrestling fans who have decided that the number one wrestling company is not suited to their tastes, basically, right? Yeah. So bringing in a guy that's huge in that company, an all-star, whatever, but a divisive figure because they can't really wrestle that well and they're older Mm -hmm. and their prime is behind. Like Your audience is never going to be the audience for that persona, right? So that's bringing in is a bad move because your biggest fans are not going to be pleased by that move. It's not a winning move. But on the other hand, as the second largest wrestling company, if you ever really wanted to become the first largest wrestling company, you would have to start making moves that would bring in a quote unquote mainstream audience or an audience that is inclined to watch the number one wrestling promotion. And the only way you do that, well, I won't say the only way, but one way is by bringing in familiar faces and putting them on television and people are flipping the channels. They may flip channels anymore. That's an outdated reference. Um, but they might see Bill Goldberg and say, oh, I, I, I'll watch this. He's the guy who gave himself a concussion headbutting a door at that blood money show and then gave an awful match. I remember that, um, <laughs> y- you know, like so like it's, I do see I see the appeal. Like if you're Tony Khan and you want to be the number one wrestling company in the world, a name like that is a big get. Of course, you want him on your television. But it becomes a catch-22 because, again, your biggest fans are going to hate that move. And as I used to always say in the WWE, it seemed like they in the WWE, they very often were making decisions. It seemed like they were actively trying to piss off their most invested fans, which I always thought was a bad move. And so as the number two wrestling company, if you do a move like that and piss off, your most vocal fans, well, that might leave you at the the number five largest wrestling company or maybe not existing at all. So, I don't know. It's a a bit of a catch-22. You want to get bigger. If you don't want to get bigger, right? Like Vince McMahon said, if you don't want want the brass ring, why are you here, right? If Tony Khan doesn't want to be the biggest company, why is he even doing anything with AEW? So, like, I, I get the motivation. But... I don't know that there are any like serious AEW fans who are like, yeah, it was Bill Goldberg. Because again, Wardlow, maybe if Samoa Joe, we've talked about Samoa Joe, if this was Samoa Joe from 2013, a Goldberg Samoa Joe match could be good. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Powerhouse Hobbs, Samoa Joe versus, or not. Goldberg versus no no uh, you were right the first time yeah (laughs) Samoa Joe yeah that'd be great Goldberg versus Chris Jericho you want to do that again Um, I could understand bring him in 
you know, either just have him as an appearance, like then you can advertise that he's going to be there. You know, he's going to spear somebody and, but just don't have him wrestle. Like even that alone, you know, I could, I could envision a world where they try to make him, they currently don't have a, when did Shawn Michaels become an old, old man? Look at him. Yeah, Holy it's crap. Good. It's not good. Sorry, folks. I was on WrestlingHeadlines.com, and there's this article. Shawn Michaels says the hope is to have NXT Europe running by the end of 2023. And they just have this photo of him. And holy shit, he suddenly looks like he's 80 years old. Yeah, it's not good. Not good. Um, AEW currently does not have an on-screen enforcer or even a, an authority figure at all. Tony Khan shows up sometimes. Tony? The Tony that signs my paychecks? That Tony? That Tony. Not Tony Schiavone. Not Tony well, Pepperoni. Yeah, I understand why the ref had to make that clarification because Tony Schiavone was standing there talking to him. So he had to make sure it wasn't Tony just speaking in the third person like he would suddenly the rock or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I do What's understand. What's his actual name? Shivani. Shivani. I love I, you, Tony I, Shivani. I understand. They have their fans. You need now new fans. And that's a horse. And one way to do it. We're both in a weird mood this evening. <laughs> uh, and one way to do it is to, like you said, but it's it's not going to be the big show. Not going to be Mark Henry. Goldberg will get you some more, but like, hat. Bring the big show out and have him do three turns in one night, and your biggest wrestling fans will be on their feet. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, otherwise, I'm not sure if there are any big wrestling news. You're on the same website that I go to. Um, We've got WrestleMania coming up. There's NXT that. When is WrestleMania? Really, uh, April 1st and 2nd. Oh, soon. Soon. Not this so, weekend, yeah. but next. Week and a half away. Um, NXT 2.0. Nobody's watching from the sounds of it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to look and see what else we got here. No, there's not a whole lot that... Uh, we, you know, the best friends have reunited. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are back together again. They're going to be fighting the Usos. That should be good. That sucks. Why? I don't know. Just felt oh, like okay. it. Just felt like um, Sami Zayn. If he was ever going to have a breakout moment, it was this year. But I, I guess not, huh? Uh, not that leads to a big WrestleMania match. Singles wise, like this match should main event night one. Uh, there was rumors that it was going to be Charlotte versus Rhea. That has been squashed. This is the biggest story. Uh, Kevin and Sammy winning those tag titles from the USO should be the culminating thing of night one leading into whatever Roman and Cody do on night two. Are, is is um, Roman and Cody for both belts or? Is, yes. is Roman going to do something? It is. It is the. It is for the undisputed universal championship. The understanding is that Roman will lose and then probably be off of TV for the foreseeable future. Um, okay. 
I'm sure it'd be nice to have a break after being the champion for a thousand days or whatever it's yeah. been. So, all right. So, um, you know, Gunther will take on Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. That will be a very brutal match. I wanted to read. I'm not going to. But I just wanted the entertainment of reading the card for Stand and Deliver just because of all of the. What's that? That is the NXT show. <laughs> okay. Uh, featuring such people as Duke Hudson, Rip Fowler, Kiana James, uh, and Channing Stax Lorenzo. Those are all actual names of wrestlers currently in NXT 2.0. I'm sure Stax, whatever, will be the next big thing. Mm, yeah, I don't think that's going to be the case, but what's LA Knight doing this WrestleMania? Uh, at the moment, currently nothing. The rumor, because of course there's always got to be a rumor. Uh, the rumor is that he will come out and cut a promo and then the glass will shatter and out will come Stone Cold Steve Austin and the two of them will either have an impromptu match or just some sort of fight. Huh. And I'm not a, I'm not opposed to that, but all right, sure, yeah. So I know the Miz is hosting, and I believe if I I, I ha- might have this wrong, but I believe he and Maurice are going to. There's going to be a segment in which they do a dance to celebrate WrestleMania. So that will something will happen with that. Yeah, but, wasn't he on the dancing show there? Oh yeah, he was. He was on dancing. Maybe that's stars. Uh, maybe that's why. But yeah, otherwise, you know, wrestling's fine. Work is fine. Well, I mean, do you have anything on your birthday wish list? You want anything? My birthday just got a lot more complicated. Do you see? Uh oh. Yeah. What happened? Well. It is both the night that Evil Dead Rise oh. uh, comes out in theaters, okay. and it is also... That's a no, that is a no-brainer Doc Manson birthday present, but what else? Uh, it is also the night that season five of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs debuts live on Shudder. Now, technically, do you feel like you need to see The Evil Dead Rise at night does it need to be dark to see that movie yes but yeah. no because i could make that i guess that sacrifice. i would imagine you could do an afternoon evil dead go home joe bob's on yeah that is complicated that is complicated it's, it's become a thing now so. and i love that both of those are happening on your birthday in honor of you yeah i mean clearly somebody up there likes me up where uh up in hollywood where i assume all these decisions about distributing entertainment products are made true true we got this horror movie coming out we got this season five of this horror show coming out who's the biggest horror fan we know who has done an entire podcast Devoted to the history of horror, season two, that would be a nut. That would be the perfect night to drop a graphic. <laughs> season two coming soon. Yeah, except 
nobody listened to season one except for you present company excluded so <laughs> i i'm sorry i i'm putting out i'm i have a I have a solo podcast that is really four separate mini podcasts all smushed together. There's no end in sight of that. And there's only like six people listening to that. No, your, your seven day listens for joy of booking are currently 14. That's great. There was a day the, the, the robots came 200. I had a 241 listen day sometime in the last week or two. I celebrated. I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, if I go back to, let's go all time here. I guess sometime. I was going to say. 18, 12. For an episode? 14, That's good. 25. See? Yeah, I guess. But then I also look at it and I look at like some of those, mind you, it's been two years and it's, it exists out there. People could find it. There's there. Are, I mean, most, most of the episodes have like right around a hundred listens and that's it. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Two years later, that's it. A hundred <sighs> listens. Yeah. Would you just go and click on any of mine to see how many listens they have? Uh, yes. And if I go back to, I go back all the way to episode one, it has 14 lessons. Yeah. You had a hundred lessons. Okay. But hey, you know what though? There are some episodes of your show here in the middle that are like 36 lessons. Like you had a streak there through. Probably during 2020 when no one had anything to do. Corona Cup. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Corona Cup season two was big business. Tag team tournament. Hey, check it out. Huh. Uh, I have four titles of hypotheticals for you. You get to pick which one sounds the best. Okay. Prison culture. The moon fight. Kick in the ribs. Or the mind killer. Hmm. I'm like, maybe we're going to do two here. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Moon fight and mind killer have both sparked my fancy. I, I would like to just point out. I would document this. I took these four and I put them in two separate groups. I put prison culture and kick in the ribs at the bottom. Cause I'm like, he's not going to pick either of those. And up here at the top, I will say, kicking the ribs makes me think that it might have something to do with barbecue, and that interests me. Um, and then there's no, no prison culture, but I just feel like that's going to be. I can I can imagine what that might be. These two, I'm not sure. So let let's go. Moon fight, right. I guess, might be about whether or not we actually landed on the moon, and hopefully that's not what it's about. But let's find out. A total stranger. Picks a fight with you in a bar. This stranger is exactly your size and weight. You have done nothing to this individual to warrant such animosity, but the stranger really wants to fight you. And to make matters weirder, this stranger wants to fight you on the moon. 
and this is somehow possible. You and this stranger will be transported to the surface of the moon, outfitted in ultra-thin and very comfortable spacesuits, and rigged with lightweight oxygen tanks. You will then be expected to fight for 10 three-minute rounds. You can't use weapons, there are no rules, and you cannot quit unless you or your opponent are knocked unconscious. Two-part question, do you accept this challenge? And if yes, what is your moon-fighting strategy? No. Next question. Okay. I mean, it only asked me to elaborate if yes, so. Uh, Then I will ask you to elaborate. Why not? It just seems like if I was going to get into a fight, like even just like a fight at this bar, right? There would be some calculus going on in my head. I'd be looking at this guy and, okay, standard build, all that sort of stuff. But I'd be looking around. Is he with friends? Is it what, et cetera. And so like I'd be, the calculus in my brain would essentially be going towards Am I going to die if I fight this guy? Like, is it worth fighting this guy? Or am I, or am I likely to die, right? That's the calculus that's going on in my head. Um, and the calculus in my head is, if I'm going to go to the moon to fight this guy, I'm going to die. You don't survive a fight on the moon. You say that like it's a common thing that people have done. I'm just saying, you're in a, you're in a, you're in a fragile uh, uh, astronaut suit, one hole in the vacuum of space, like sucks you out into the cosmos, and you're frozen and boiling at the same time. Like you're dead. And I guess that could be your strategy. You get up there, you just try to pull off his air hose, or maybe you try to keep a distance and you just try to throw a rock at him. Because I'm pretty sure even a tiny rock would pierce through the cloth if you threw it with enough velocity. But I. I I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like that's just a that's a death sentence to fight on the moon. I'm going to pass on that. Well, and the thing is, like, the idea that 10 three-minute rounds, like, that's a boxing type thing. Are you boxing on the moon? Do you think, like, any sort of helmet that you can see through is going to withstand, like, three 10-minute rounds of being punched? You're dead. Yeah. So like so my my thought is I we could we could go to the you know what are the circumstances that are going to cause you to want to fight period like I have known you a very long time uh, I have known you to be verbally aggressive perhaps but I don't know that I have ever known you to be physically aggressive and so I'm like, especially, especially in the last, let's say, since the podcast. Sure. Sure. I'm trying to think of a circumstance in which you would want or feel the need to physically fight. If you or your family, specifically your wife or Oscar, actually, don't wait. Okay. I can think of one time when maybe you would have gotten physically aggressive. There was an Oscar incident with with other people we know. Oh, I didn't get physically aggressive. I just got. I, I didn't aggressive. say. I didn't say you got physically aggressive, but 
Yeah, no. But again, no. again. I just haven't somebody talked to that is, person in six years or whatever it's been. Some, somebody is coming after you, your wife, or no, your I family. No, I mean, again, like, I would fight if I felt like I was going to die if I didn't fight. I would not fight if I felt like I was going to. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, would, yeah. I would defend myself. I would, def- I don't know, like, I would physically defend my wife. I wouldn't, like, defend her honor. Like, I think that's, like, dumb reason to be fighting. Like, if she was physically threatened, I would fight. Um, yeah. But, like, honestly, like, especially because this sounds like it's set up, as you said, like a boxing match. The only thing that could get me to fight for this is a payday. Like, you could get me on the moon and fighting this if, one, I was guaranteed to survive, or at least, like, 99.9%. Like, some freak accident, okay, but yeah, we've, we've got the technology. You're going to be, you're going to live. And the payday at the end of it, win or lose, it, it is substantial enough that I don't have to work again. Sign me up for the moon fight. I'm there. Yeah. But, like, that, that's, those are my motivations. Like, yeah. that's about it. Self-preservation, or, I guess, preservation of a loved one. And cold hard cash like yeah. that's about it <laughs> yeah. i think if we have to talk strategy going for the air hoses one my other like one that's obvious is, though so my other one and maybe this is just me with my low center of gravity is get them off the ground because if they're off the ground wouldn't they i suppose they wouldn't float away but i could probably get them I bet you on the moon that if you were to be thrown, um, I bet you you would spin and hit the ground, and that would like, I think it would be very disorienting. So it's probably a good strategy. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. go flying off into the far reaches of space. There's enough gravity there that that you're going to come back down. But I bet you it's going to be very disorienting, and it, yeah, yeah, it's still going to hurt. So that's that's my thought. But I, I, I again, I don't. The last fight I had, maybe fifth grade, not counting, you know, being on the wrestling team and things, but fifth grade probably. So, uh, shall we delve into sure. the mind killer? You become friends. Oh, okay. Hold on. I read the whole sentence ahead. I have to change my tone. You become friends with a charismatic Spanish insurance salesman who claims to be a mystic. At first, you think he is just an interesting weirdo, much like myself. But then a mutual acquaintance mysteriously dies in his sleep, and your Spanish friend tells you, I killed that guy. I killed him with my mind. You find this disturbing and inappropriate, but you decide to let it go. Two weeks later, an unpopular local politician dies in his sleep. I killed that man, too, said your Spanish friend. I killed him with my mind. This is annoying and tasteless, but once again, you let it go. The very next day, the Spanish insurance salesman calls you on the telephone and says, Check the newspaper and see what I did with my mind. It's in the entertainment section. When you open the newspaper, you see an obituary for singer-songwriter Tori Amos. The article said she mysteriously died the night before. Technically, this proves nothing. 
but you nonetheless confront your Spanish friend and tell him that you've grown tired of all of this hypothetical mind murdering and that you no longer want to be his friend. Don't you dare shut me out of your life, he says. It's a bad you move. Are my, you are my best friend. You must remain in my life. I'm not sure what I would do if you ever betrayed me. Do you remain friends with this possibly delusional, possibly dangerous Spaniard? You have no physical proof that he can actually kill people with his mind. I immediately began trying to gather proof that he can, in fact, kill people with his mind. How do you think one gathers said? You sit down and talk to him about it. And you say, hey, how's this work? And then, ideally, it, it, it's, I can will certain things, and I can make it happen this Like, you, you engage him on his terms, and you, you actually find out what his powers are capable of, and then you design a kill box in which he uses his powers to demonstrate to you that he can, in fact, do this. Nothing about the setup says he would be standoffish to doing that, so... And frankly, the fact that he keeps telling you implies to me that he wants to show off a little. So let's get to the bottom of it. Let's see if he can do it. And, you know, I mean, if you've got to pick, like, somebody, ah, you know, there's plenty of politicians in this world we'd be better off without. So are you suggesting that you are going to try to weaponize the mind killer? Absolutely. For your own betterment, and more importantly, the betterment of all mankind? Uh, For testing purposes, initially, yes. Once we've established that he is, in fact, a mind killer, uh, I just quietly fade into the background. Like, maybe, maybe I send him a text once every six weeks. We meet for lunch. I, I get him a nice birthday present. I stay in his good graces. Uh, but th- that's the extent of the relationship moving forward, because I feel like now I'm a hostage in my own life. So, oh, so you're not sending him a text every six weeks with a name? No, no, it's just staying in his good graces, letting him think we're still the bestest of friends. Because I mean, based off of the interactions that were being described, I don't think that would be much changing much about our relationship. I just don't think I would want him to be part of my daily life if he really had that power. I I agree. I think that. But I'd be too curious to not at least attempt to get him to prove it. Well, there we go. He's not going to fight on the moon, but he will. I will encourage a Spaniard uh, to assassinate a political figure. (laughs) Friends, if you wanted to get to the core, to the essence of Doc Manson, you're welcome. There it is. <laughs> uh, I'm very glad we have these hypotheticals. These, to me, have been a fantastic piece of the puzzle. They are not, of course, the only piece, uh, unless you would have other things you would like to discuss. I am suggesting we perhaps transition our way to our emails, our emails, what, what, our emails. I've been waiting my whole life to transition, DC. Is, is this about to become another podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Not today. Uh, I, I appreciate the besties. 
Because when I checked earlier today, there was one. Now there are four. And Nate sends, in all caps, birthday email. Good afternoon, my dear friends. 26 is feeling good so far, and it should be a good day at work. The older I get, the less I want and hope for. Hmm, that's The first sentence was optimistic. That sentence, less so. Um, first question. When your birthday rolls around, is there anything special you always do with your significant other? Or is it just another day now and you see where the day leads you? Two weeks ago, I walked out of my bathroom so too fast and stubbed my pinky toe. It turned purple, swelled up, and I was limping around work for a few days. Second question, what is the weirdest or dumbest way you've ever hurt yourself? Wishing you all the best and love, your bestie Nate, sent from my iPhone on my 26th birthday. Woo-woo. Happy birthday to Nate. Yes. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Nate Word. Happy birthday to you. That's the kind of special treatment you can get, folks, by heading over to patreon.com. <laughs> Um, happy birthday, Nate. Yes, thank you so much. That's great. Um, stupidest way I've ever hurt myself. I think I probably talked about this on the show before. I think I was in kindergarten. I was pretending to be one of the three amigos. I took a rope. I swang from my swing set. I fell. I hyperextended my arm, and I was in a cast for six weeks. Nice hairline fracture coming up from the elbow, and now I no longer have a funny bone on my left arm. That part I didn't know. Yeah, when I hit the spot uh, that should be the funny bone, it just hurts like fucking hell. Okay. Yeah, anyways. Uh, now please answer the question for me. Dumbest way you've ever hurt yourself? Mm-hmm. Probably the crotch face. No. <laughs> I had a better, I had a different answer, but that that's up there. Uh, okay. Dumbest way you've ever hurt yourself. Uh, line dancing. The second time. <laughs> Is the correct answer. The first time being in high school and, and you know, uh, getting a bone bruise because my kneecaps don't necessarily always work great and the two leg bones bopped into each other, uh, trying to do the Cotton Eye Joe dance, that was understandable. Thinking I could do it six years and probably 50 pounds heavier, not my best move. But yes, I would say the second time trying to line dance to Cotton Eye Joe was the, the dumbest way I've ever hurt myself. Mm. Uh, when your birthday rolls around, is there anything special you do with your? My birthday happens to fall most years um, when we are on school vacation. So we get out of here. We head someplace else. Um, and since my wife's birthday is uh, in March, it was last week, in fact, um, then, you know, we kind of celebrate both of our birthdays at that time. So, you know, on the day itself, no, I don't have specific things that I do. You, any specific things? I know in this case, it's a special day. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, no, but no. I mean, get some dinner, maybe someplace kind of, you know, nicer than what we would normally do, but not necessarily sure. on the birthday. I'm not precious about on the day. Or anything mm-hmm. like that. You know, I don't have enough friends that I could do something like rent out a movie theater and have a showing for me and my 
50 closest friends. Like, that's not a thing that I'm ever going to be able to do. So, yeah. you know, I mean, not really. It's kind of just another day, but, you know, it's not I afraid. Think you should rent not out, bad I, to celebrate I yourself think, a little. I think you should rent out a movie theater just for you and GQ. <laughs> GQ would come. GQ would That's what come. I'm saying. Not even your wife. Sorry. Yeah, no, but she just, can't come. Just, no. No stinky girls. And you, and, and you can show whatever movie you want. I'm not sure that's exactly how that works when you rent out a movie theater. I'm pretty sure there's some rules on oh. what you're going to be able to show in there. But Have we discussed a question of if you could go see any movie opening? I feel like that has to be a question we've talked about at some point. I don't point. think so. If you could go back in time and go to any movie on opening night, what would it be? That is a difficult question because... I think most of the movies that I would be tempted to say, some of my favorite movies, right? They came out at a time when the movie theater system was not what it was through the 90s. You know what I mean? They came out at a time when these were not established characters or franchises. So, like, if I said I would love to go see Halloween on opening night, it's not like I'd be seeing it with. A, a a a full room of people. You know what I mean? It would probably be in some dingy, dark, cramped old school theater. Like this is way before stadium style seating was ever a thing, right? There would probably be yeah. like one other person there because it's probably running in the lowest budget movie house in like three different counties in the country as opposed to widespread distribution. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm going to have a rip-roariously good time watching a horror movie in a packed house with a bunch of other people that are there to be scared and scream and throw shit at the screen. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Like, I guess to say I was there for opening night of The Evil Dead 2 would be great, but I, I just, I, I don't think that the experience itself would necessarily do anything for me. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's a hard question. Maybe something like, I mean, maybe something like Ghostbusters, which at least was a mainstream movie that probably got wide distribution. Mm-hmm. But again, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's, that's kind of a weird question. You, yeah. Do you have a one? It is. Uh, I'm not just going to say face off just to get it in yet another episode. Um, the, you know, the thing is, we came up, we grew up where we were adults when Marvel movies started. So, like, I, I don't like opening night anyways. Um, this is a weird one you know, because, you know, like, Jaws comes to mind. Sure. And I don't even particularly like that movie, but that, like... You know, you could go with Star Wars, I suppose, you, you know, but again, I'm not sure that that was a huge hit in 1977, maybe like Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. So at this point, Star Wars is a phenomenon. Like, I guess I could also um, see saying something like Scream. I know that's a that's a favorite of Nate's, right? Oh, yeah. Like Scream, like at least that was 96. That probably yeah. would have played to a pretty big audience. So let me let me tweak this. And again. Your specific movies might not have this, but like, what if you could go to the premiere 
So now big movies have a premiere. It's a gala. Celebrities are there. there there's a red carpet. There's an after party. Is there one of those that you would want to go to? Are you? But would it have to be something modern that would actually have one of those? Or are we supposing that Halloween might have had a gala opening? I am. Sh- well, I am sure they had some sort of theatrical premiere. I'm I sure they did. Have. By default, they must have. Yeah. But. Yeah. I, um, Let me tweak it because now we're on the subject. Uh, Evil Dead Rise, right? That's not, I'm sorry, okay. not even out yet. Sure. But like that could be fun. There you go. Uh, you know, I don't know, but actually be in Hollywood and like to see you, could, people you might or, be able to wait as podcast people. You could potentially get yourself a press pass. You'd have to get to LA. Uh, but nah, that's not happening. Is there a movie that you would like Kevin Smith talking about the cinema he owns in New Jersey is, you know, that's just the rage. That's the new thing he does. Is there something that you would like to go see? Where you see that you you go to a screening of a movie with the filmmaker, and then there is a question and answer period after. See, that's difficult because I, I I have done that. Um, I went to go see My Name Is Bruce um, when it played locally, which was sort of a real low budget uh, Bruce Campbell vehicle, and he was there, and Bruce Campbell gave a Q and A afterwards. But like th- those kinds of events don't actually do much for me because usually it's a long line of people on both sides waiting to ask questions and they're the most like fanboy questions mm-hmm. like there's nothing nothing substantial is going to come out of that like it's sort of like when you go to meet a wrestler and, and you and you wait to get a a signature at their table like they have a shtick they have prepared answers they have a way of distracting you to talk about the shirt that you're wearing instead of talking to them about anything. You know what I mean? Like those types of interactions have never done it for me. So like, I, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just the wrong person and I have no joy in my soul. And I don't know. No, I think this is just once again, there has never been a DC Matthews question that Doc Manson won't happily obstruct. I'm not happily obstructing it. I'm, I am answering I'm, your question. Okay, so skip the Q&A part. Would you like to have gone to see Dawn of the Dead and then hear a conversation with George Romero? Would you like to have gone and seen Wes Craven or insert whomever? Sure, yes. I think those would be good experiences and I'd like to have those memories. I would rather have gone to see the movie and then George Romero lived for another 30 years and wrote a tell-all book where he was actually able to say all of the things about all the different people and producers and companies that he worked with that he couldn't have said in that interview after the movie. You know what I mean? Because none of the real juicy stuff is coming out then. None of the truth is coming out then. It's like, would I like to have the experience of having seen George Romero talk? Yes, absolutely. But at the same time, like, I realize that's all going to be PR bullshit. Like, so what's the value? I don't know. I'm not obstructing. I'm, I'm trying I to. love you so much. I love you so much. Because everything you're saying, you're exactly right. Would, what movie would you like to go see in the first run? A lot of my movies didn't really have good, like, first run things. Okay. Would you like to go to a premiere? Hey, you know, the, the premieres, I don't, I, don't, I don't really think so. Would you like to go to one and hear a Q&A? Ah, fanboy Q&A. No, I don't want to do that. Do you want to go hear one where there's an interview? Ah, no, that's just PR bullshit. I'm not... 
You tell me what question you want me to ask you. <laughs> you know what? I'll go back to the beginning. I like to go back to 1954 and see Godzilla King of the Monsters. There it is. I bet you some people were actually scared, and I would like to see that reaction. There it is. Thank you. you. All right. Happy birthday, Nate. Glenn, fast food. Hey, guys. How much of these listed fast food restaurants have you been to, and how would you rank them? Thanks, as always, Double N Glenn. Burger King, KFC, McDonald's, Wendy's, Whataburger. In and out burger, tasty burger. I have been to the first uh, four and not the last three. I, I have also been to the last four. First uh, that is not, yes, thank you. I've been to the first four. Uh, that is not how I would rank it. Um, thinking. I know my first one and my last one, it's two and three that I'm waffling. All right, what's your last one? You? Burger King. Spicy take. Um, so I, I have I said on this airwave before that the Whopper is the superior burger. I have more recently had a Burger King experience, a couple. Um, I don't think I like the taste of Whoppers anymore. Mm. So, yeah, they might be at the bottom of this for me as well. I appreciate the flame broiled. I used to. I, I appreciate that it kind of, again, I don't remember the last time I went to a Burger King and had beef. If I'm going to Burger King, I'm getting a chicken sandwich. Um, but I appreciate that th- there's kind of almost, I seem to recall, like they, you could close your eyes and be like, this is kind of like what you'd get at a picnic, but that's not why I want fast food. Yeah. And their fries are crap. Also, I don't know if you've noticed so, this, but like, Back when we were growing up, I feel like I feel like even like a Denny's was like a respectable choice for for a breakfast outing for the family. You know what I mean? Like Denny's had good food. It was maybe not your maybe not a a hole in the wall local favorite diner, but it was good. It was cheap and you could count on it to be dependable. Go there for a good time. Um. More recently in our immediate area, all Denny's have pretty much all shut down. And if you, as they went over time, if you, if you went into a Denny's in the last five to ten years, every single one of them was gross and grimy, and, and they smelt of mildew because the carpet was 30 years old and had never been replaced and hadn't been, and the place inside had never been renovated, right? Um and so, like, I feel like that was that's a thing. Like when we were kids, like Denny's was respectable, IHOP was respectable, um, all those sorts of. And now you go to any of those places, and they're just gross. They just smell bad. Even the friendlies I've been to recently had that mildew smell, and I was just like, my god, these places have all gone downhill. Fun fun fact: I did not go to a Denny's until college. Huh. There were no Denny's near in my neck of the woods. So the, I, I was with Paul guy was probably the first person to take me to a Denny's. So, okay. I don't know um, if you, you agree with that sentiment anyways. Um, but uh, I, I feel like those kind of places, the renovation and all of that there. I also think there is a push for some of these places to try to be like waffle house. Like, like waffle, waffle house, house is bad on purpose. I feel like that's kind of what they're going yeah. for. I don't know. But like the last time I was in like 
a Friendly's or a Denny's or even an IHOP. Like it was like physically off-putting to be in there. Yeah. And I've been to an IHOP within the last few years and it was, I don't remember it being offensive, but those are not places I don't like breakfast. I remember so IHOP being I nice when I was a kid. Like it was the upscale Denny's. It was like, oh, international. This is like European. <laughs> this is nice. Not yeah. anymore. The reason why I bring this up is because the last couple of times I've been in a, I went to a Burger King. Uh-huh. Actually being inside of a Burger King is sad now. McDonald's around here, all of them have been renovated. They've all been updated in the last 10 years. They're nice modern furniture. It's all fresh and new. Yeah. Looks, But the last time I was in a Burger King, it smelled wet. It was disgusting. Like Burger King has fallen on hard times as far as I'm concerned. Like I don't. Yeah. So, yes, Burger King at the bottom here for sure. What my number three, I think I'm going to go with KFC. I think I agree. I say that I do enjoy their chicken. And there were they used to do these chicken little sandwiches things. I lived on those as a kid. But I don't care for their potato wedges. I'm not wild about really any of their sides. So really, when I go to KFC, I just want chicken, and that's not enough to compete with the other two. Yeah, and I do feel like their chicken is not as good as it was 20 years ago. But yeah, it's still a solid choice if you're just going to eat chicken. So that's it. Um, my- I think what I think I think as we as we get here as we hit the hour mark, I think what we're saying now. The title for this episode needs to be um, Life 20 Years Ago Was Better or something like that. Because we're like, 20 years ago when we went to college, we didn't have this Get stuff. And now we're complaining about- yes, uh-huh. essentially. I'm, I'm just seeing, though, uh, apparently Shake Shack is open. I got to go. Uh, yeah. What's your number two? Of this list, it's Wendy's. Wendy's is respectable. They've got decent burgers. I like the meat. They have some fun sandwiches. The Baconator is actually like an appealing thing to me that's different from yep. other fast food burgers. Their fries are okay. And yeah. Frosty's, a nice bonus. Yep. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. You can get, uh, I remember going to Wendy's and my wife would get like a salad and a baked potato and she would feel like she was eating healthy. And even and- like their value menu, like the, the junior bacon cheeseburger, like it, it's uh-huh. a burger with bacon and cheese and it comes with lettuce on it and tomato. You don't get any of that shit at McDonald's like McDonald's. It's it's yeah. it, it's onions and pickles and, and and ketchup and mustard. And that is it. Like unless you yeah. get like a real fancy sandwich. Now they have things with lettuce and tomato. But like that was not a thing back then. So like, no. which, which for me was a selling point because it took a long time for me to even enjoy lettuce on a sale. Yeah. That, fair enough. That stuff. Get, get it out of here. But I will say you're doing just on McDonald's shamrock shake. Got the shamrock shake. It's got chicken nuggets. The, the, the chicken nuggets. I realize Wendy's has chicken nuggets. They're not as good as, as good no. chicken nuggets. at, at McDonald's, that, the fries at McDonald's are superior. Oh, they're, they, they've got the double cheeseburger which is delicious. They've got the the Big Mac, which is a unique thing that is also delicious. They've got a quarter pounder for when you want something more substantial, which is delicious. They, and they've yeah. got your chicken sandwiches and they've got like, I mean, they've got variety and they do it all well. Yeah. 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 McDonald's is the, 
the name of the game for me. All you right. You can even get Brandon. burgers with bacon at McDonald's now. I remember when I was yeah. in college, I went to a conference in uh, Mexico North to quote Scott Siner. And while I was there, I did partake in some McDonald's because there happened to be one there was some was there for a week and it was some like from familiar food. Right. And I remember going in there and being like, holy shit. Foreign McDonald's has bacon on their burgers. I had never seen that in my life. And I ordered them and I ate them and I gorged myself on the bacon cheeseburgers and they were awesome. Um, and now, of course, you can just get bacon on burgers at McDonald's now just normally here. But that never was a mm-hmm. thing before. And I actually prefer their burgers without the bacon, which is odd because bacon makes everything better, right? But regardless. Not everything. I like their burgers better without the bacon. I like the flavor of their burgers and the bacon overpowers. Yeah. Thank you, Glenn. Brandon Banks, gamers. Uh, okay. Quick question Brand- for you, Jets. <laughs> Are you guys gamers? (laughs) If so, what types of games do you play? And what are some of your favorites? Oh, I told Brandon that he had to get an email in. I told him we needed an email. And so he decided to, to be, to be a funny boy. He was a funny boy. Uh, No, we've never played video games in our life. We are Puritans. Nope. Work of the day. I, uh, I've got this wonderful house, Manson Manor. Unfortunately, we just don't have enough outlets. So, <laughs> no video game systems here. What are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right, Brandon, you son of a bitch. Mrs. Manson, happy spring. Good evening, gentlemen. Who's she talking to? <laughs> Who's she talking to? Good evening, gentlemen. Which one of us is gentle? She's not talking to me. We made it. Thank goodness spring is upon us with warmer temps and more sunlight. Sometimes I think I'm a plant. Yes, I really did drag out a zero gravity chair from the shed today to recline in the sun with Oscar Yes for a sunshine and sanity break. I highly recommend them, the chairs and the sunshine breaks. My wife was out on the patio today. Aside from your big 29th birthdays next month, what are each of you looking forward to this spring? Hugs and love and ladybugs. Mrs. M. I'm turning 40. I don't care. <laughs> turning 40. Fair enough. Um, uh, being able to be outside and not be boiling hot or freezing cold. Wearing shorts. Being able, being able to go for walks and wearing cargo shorts and the ice cream place will open nearby soon and... Just all the good things that spring provides before it gets too warm to really be enjoying being outside. That's what I'm looking forward to. Doc Manson, your comments. Um, spring brings the evil dead and Joe Bob Briggs. I already said that earlier. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like Spring weather's nice. Um, it'll be nice to get back outside and... Do some stuff with the lawn. Do some landscaping. I don't know. I don't know. Be, oh, you know what? It'll be nice because well, this is really more summer, I suppose. But I mean, this will be my first year with a summer break. Like, yeah. So spring is, as you said, is symbolic of I'm almost fucking done here. Like, that's nice. That's a nice feeling. So That's true. You've got like. 
six, seven weeks, maybe? I don't know. Um, but you're done. It's the end of March, and you're done mid-May, unless you're doing something else that I'm not sure where, unless you do a June class or something. I do. I am going to teach a summer course that's going to go from basically right after the semester ends. I, I'm starting yeah. the week after. I didn't want to waste any time. And it's going for five Smart. more weeks. And so then I'll do the summer course and be done. You'll you'll still be done in June. Yep. You'll get you'll get some right time. around Good. June tenth or so. Yeah. Hey, you'll still be out a couple days before me. Uh, thank you to Mrs. Manson and Glenn and Nate and even Brandon Banks. Doc, what's that piece of positivity? What do you got cooking for me? Um, I don't think I've mentioned it on the show, although maybe I have. I don't know. Um, I've been enjoying a, another anime series. This one called Mob Psycho 100. Um, Alrighty. It's from the same uh, manga artist who does uh, One Punch Man, which I've probably talked about before, which I also really enjoy. Um, and this is a manga and an anime um, about basically a middle school boy with psychic powers um yeah and he's basically just learning how to control his powers while also working for a fake psychic doing exorcisms okay and it's really 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 good like it's just like a good storyline it's really i'm really invested into it and the the anime itself has some really wild animation. Like some of it is like really visually um very pleasing. Like it's it's a whole other level sometimes like when there's these scenes where like um where like evil spirits come out and like the animation style changes and like they're very creative with the animation. Sometimes like it changes art styles even like sometimes in a scene just for one character will suddenly be like a a children's drawn in crayon colored version outside the lines like to convey emotion and stuff like it's just it really seems like it's um playing with the art form itself in some ways and i just really like that and it's got a couple of Animes tend to have different theme songs um, for different seasons. Some of them will even change theme songs like mid-season. Uh, this one so far, it's just had the two. Uh, see, I, I'm, in, I'm in season two. Actually, I just finished season two. Uh, both both of the beginning songs. I preferred season one song more, but they're both bangers. Um, they're both ones where I was, man, I gotta get this on my iPod. Uh, so I don't know. I'm enjoying Bob Psycho 100. I think that's... Uh, Really fun show. Yeah. It's, it's good. Your your iPod. Yes, yes. my iPod. Mm -hmm. Nano. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, where would one find these anime if one were interested in partaking? Is there a streaming? Uh, Crunchyroll like, would work, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. There you go. Um, let's see. Uh, outside of you know, I could name my wife every single week. Um, for. You know, she was out running errands today and she was like, I got you a surprise. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. And then she sent me a picture of the delicious honey duck dish from the local Thai place. And I stopped what I was. I was in the middle of teaching children and I stopped like just talking and just turned away from them and sent a, you know, oh, 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 my. 
sort of text message. And my kids were like, are you okay? And I was like, oh, my, my wife told me she got me a fantastic dinner. And they were like, is it pizza? And I was like, no, although pizza's good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but in honor of the streaming services, I've mentioned Dropout TV before. Uh, again, highly recommend uh, Dropout TV, the guys that did College Humor. Um, I am in the middle of an episode of Game Changer, the game show that changes the rules every single episode. And it is uh, the contestants are members of the Improvised Shakespeare Company. Yeah. Uh, and so improvised they Improvised Shakespeare Company. Not the reduced Shakespeare yeah, okay. company. That's what I was thinking. It did of. make me it did make me think of you though with the reduced Shakespeare company. This is the improvised Shakespeare company that does improv shows in the style of Shakespeare. And so they're putting together, they have to improvise this play, and they're given, you know, all right, here's the scene I want you to do. This time points will be awarded if you include the names of breakfast cereals. And so listening to them and they're talking and they're doing it oftentimes in rhyme. And all of a sudden you, you know, they talk about, you know, the insects and there's are yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, the, the evil count is now named count Chocula and, you know, they're finding ways to incorporate honey smacks and lucky charms and all of that sort of state. It, there are elements again, it, it's well worth your time. If you enjoy silly comedy and if you're listening to this you do uh check out dropout tv you can find episodes of game changer for free on youtube um it's fun worth your time it just made me think of the goes wrong show i hope that they release yeah, more just, episodes of that they had season two but it's now off i can't find it anywhere in the u.s i watched season one just recently again because it's so I good saw, uh, i watched i saw season two i watched I watched Peter Pan goes wrong. I watched the part of the Christmas Carol goes wrong. Uh, I would like to find more. They would, I would pay money for it, but they don't seem that interested. Uh, so yeah, I know they were working on magic goes wrong. I've seen part of that. So I'm like, Ooh, I hadn't uh, heard of that a, award show. They did a brief magic goes wrong thing. That was good. Um, well, there you go, friends. Uh, another fantastic episode. Uh, we laughed, we cried, Doc assassinated some politicians with the power of a Spaniard's mind. The Spaniard did it. I was just gathering data. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good no, night? No, if you'd like to have your thoughts right in the air, send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. And if you'd like to support us and everything that we do here, head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling. Just give us a little bit of financial support. It helps us keep the lights on, keeps the podcast chain chugging along. And you never know. We might just sing you a happy birthday song, too. Poorly. I think we did. <laughs> he is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Have yourselves a wonderful uh, spring week. Until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our besties?